back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, what's up? Uh, not much. Getting getting more excited. Baseball's coming around. We got about two weeks until college baseball starts. A little bit longer for World Baseball Classic and MLB, of course. But it's baseball. Baseball's baseball. Did you see um CC Sabathia's son, who I cannot think of his name right now? Uh, his media day pictures in his Georgia Tech stuff came out. I didn't realize college baseball was so soon until I saw yeah. that. Yeah, fifteen days, fourteen when this comes out. Getting right around the corner. Baseball. Getting, I say as as this comes out the two days before the Super Bowl, I'm like I'm tired of all the other sports. No, over football. Give a whole other week. Oh yeah, I'm a week early. I'm I'm just so excited for the Super Bowl, Scotty. It's just gonna be the best Super Bowl we've had in such a long time. <laughs> God, I can't wait. Uh, two teams that nobody expected to make it. <laughs> People just don't give a fuck about. I'm over Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> All I wanted was Joe Burrows. Is that too much to ask? The NFL scripted? Yeah. If the NFL was so scripted, Joe Burrows would have won that game. I'm sorry. Am I wrong? I think so. I don't think they'd want their poster child to lose. Then you just... I Here's the thing. Not to, not to suddenly become an NFL conspiracy podcast... Um, the NFL wants Patrick Mahomes to be their poster boy, but what they really should be pushing is Joe Burrows. Joe Burrows has you get reached the female involvement. Doesn't Joe mean- Burrows has reached an audience that the NFL has struggled to reach? <laughs> you can't right. They've got the kids with the Nickelodeon games. They've got the men with football, right? And and this is, but th- here's the thing. Hi, coming from both a woman and a woman who watches sports, right? I'll be honest. I say it on here all the time. There are certain players that I like simply because of how they look. And I'll be like, mm, let me turn the Braves game on because they had a, a pretty little infield, well, right? Now, now the Cubs. Now maybe the yeah, Cubs. now I'm like, oh my God, the Cubs. Chicago, go, Chicago, go. Um, But I also additionally watch sports because I enjoy sports, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But the women who enjoy sports is a smaller market than just women in general. And if you can get the amount of girls that I know that did not give a fuck about football until, and the NFL knows it, the amount of times that they would cut to Joe Burrows on the bench, Joe Burrows warming up, they know it. That's going to get their viewership up. I'm just saying, what do I know? Worked in TV, worked in sports marketing. What do I know? But NFL. Start writing your scripts for Joe Burrows. Did you? No, I do have to say, I think all of them, all of the the jokes about the NFL being scripted coming out are so funny. Did you see the one about Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble? There was one. It was like um, Antonio Brown reading uh, reading the script after the punt is perfect hit. <laughs> I saw, and obviously Deshaun Watson, terrible person, but it's like Deshaun Watson reading his script, and it's the <laughs> it's the chef from Ratatouille, and he's just like reading it so fast, so fast, and he grabs his phone, and he's like, "Get my lawyer." <laughs> Like it's just or the the Trevor they're like Trevor Lawrence after realizing he has the worst first half, then getting his script for the second half. And he's like, Nice. Um, but sorry, sorry, not a football podcast. But actually, if we're gonna sit on football for a hot second, Tom Brady gets divorced because of football, and then to retire the next year. They're still gonna make whatever, how much 
is oh oh yeah 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 because he's gonna go in the booth yeah whatever whatever blah 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 just that is the funniest the funniest thing and everyone's reaction to it is so funny the new england patriots just retweeted what they tweeted last year like they didn't even write him a new post or like make a new anything they were just like run it i'm gonna do a wrap around look look at the look at the pin we pinned it this time (laughs) but anyway that transition into baseball yeah, we've seen uh, in our in perspective of our one year of two Tom Brady retirements and four Carlos Correa contracts. It's crazy. And with Tom Brady retiring, he is there are officially no active athletes that were drafted by the Montreal Expos. I did see that. Yes, there are no active athletes in any sport. You're telling me that whatever fat like 80th round pick Tom Brady was also drafted for baseball. I didn't mean to slip fat in. That just fell out. Yeah, that really, you really. <laughs> he was not in shape when he was drafted. You just said unathletic. He wasn't fat, fat. He just wasn't, yeah, was, you know, prime. He was awkward. <laughs> but then the, the Expos the also man. saw him and were like. That's a guy. <laughs> bring him to me now. Anyway, back to baseball. Because shockingly. Well, Scotty and I do know other sports. We do only talk about baseball here. So sorry. Uh, not a lot to cover this week, however. Where did I say we were going to start? <laughs> the one Yankee thing? Yeah, well, there's, there's one and a half Yankee things. One and a half Yankee things, right? One and a half. Um, so the one full Yankee thing is that after rumors of possibly being a trade chip, um, the Yankees have settled on a one-year contract with Glaber Torres to avoid arbitration, which is, first of all, it's a very, I feel like arbitration stuff always happens just like all at the same time. And it's so fucking annoying. Like the arbitration day on Twitter is just the worst. Cause it's just like yep. fine. Stan just being like, blah, 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 ar- avoids arbitration, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, Hey, just say everybody on the Braves, everybody on the Rockies avoids arbitration instead of doing individual fucking tweets. But Glaber Torres says, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm come back later and agree on arbitration. Not a I, big deal, but I know that the two of us have talked about this hundred times. I don't think I actually know the definition of the word arbitration. Me neither. Not nice. a clue. Not a clue. <laughs> but I'm like, cool. Great job. Proud proud of you guys if i'm right and i don't remember this might be the thing that i think of it's basically them making sure they get paid on their worth so if they felt like they do they did a lot better than what their contract is going to give them that year then they could be like yo i don't i don't agree with what i'm getting here Mm -hmm. but if they're like yeah i'll take the contract that you gave me i'll take that money i don't really know (laughs) but then again that's a shot in the dark um so, yay. We maintain more of our infielders again and again and again and again and again. Unfortunately, we have no news on Josh Donaldson or Aaron Hicks. Maybe that's good because that means they haven't avoided arbitration. I don't think that they were. I don't care. I, I don't know how it works. I don't think. I, I still don't know Aaron how it Hicks, works. Aaron Hicks is on contract. I don't think he has arbitration. I'm about to say, still, I don't care how it works. I. <laughs> Josh Donaldson, my, I'd assume that we got him like in the middle of a contract. I don't fucking know. I don't I know. imagine. I can, I cannot 
put together in my brain what the Yankees did to get Josh Donaldson on the team. I like I was scrolling through my like Instagram story memories the other day trying to find something to show someone. And from spring training last year, I just need to come. They the Yankees posted like a a really cool video of Josh Donaldson hitting a home run, and I was like, "Yay!" I regret that post. I know literally nobody in the in their right mind would know that I made it, but I just needed to say, never in the twenty twenty two season was I fit. Even when he like. Okay, I have one moment where I was thankful for Josh Donaldson in the 2022 season, and that was when he hit the Grand Slam against the Rays to win. One that is That is it. Because then I think back to when he didn't hit a home run and he got out at first base. Yeah. And he thought that it went over. So, you know, every every action is balanced out by 800 negative reactions by him. Yeah. But anyway, how do we always get to our least favorite people? Who knows? But on to our half Yankee thing, which break us in my heart. <clears throat> Scotty, I by mistake broke this news to him in a tweet. No, no, you didn't break the news. I saw it on Twitter, but it was that tweet that you showed me that you said. Oh, oh, okay. I saw that tweet earlier. So like, what the fuck? <laughs> we'll bring the tweet up in a minute, but. The Blue Jays are signing right-handed pitcher Chad Green to a two-year, $8.5 million deal. The second year is a conditional option that Green can pick up should the Jays decline the three-year club option per Ken Rosenthal. Obviously, Green spent 2016 to 2022 with the Yankees, but had Tommy John in June, so he missed all of this season. Before we get to the tweet, Scotty, what are your thoughts on losing Chad Green? Uh, it's sad. Uh, you know, he's been, he's been a big part of this team. Uh, he's been with us his whole, not his whole career, his whole major league career. Um, and so, you know, he, he, he did a lot of good, you know, would bail out Chapman a lot. Uh, <laughs> but I think he had a, he had a ton of potential and I mean, he was, he was a very good pitcher. Yes. I think, I think I read these, it, I have it in, in the post that we posted on our Instagram. It's like a three something ERA or something like that career wise, which is pretty good for like the five or six years that he's been pitching. Um, and, and I mean, he, he's good with us. It is sad to see him go, um, but it is interesting that he got drafted by the Blue Jays out of high school. Oh. And then he went to college, and then he got drafted by somebody else. I don't know who it was. That's that's a little cute. Um, but I I agree because I remember even when we were talking at the end of last year and just like when our bullpen was doing really well we were like and then next year we also have chad green yeah and now that's not a thing um and i know that even at some points when our bullpen clay holmes was having his issues we were like oh my god these are times when you miss chad green just like some sort of like consist i don't even i don't know if i want to use consistency because like the end of his 2021 wasn't Super, super great. But, like, even, like, over most of his career with us, he was pretty consistent. Um, So it is upsetting. Um, But also, you know, we picked up Tommy Canley. So is that why you drop a right-handed arm? Like, you're okay with losing a right-handed arm? I don't know. Um, It is interesting that the Yankees have made – right, they made their their three moves of sign Rizzo, sign Judge, sign Rodon – 
Did you just get that ESPN update? Is that why you reacted like that? No, I'm looking at a different oh. Twitter. I have, an, I have Undo Not Disturb. Oh. Um, oh. Oh, that one about the Giants? Yeah, about how we're going to get Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Sorry, we're really <laughs> trying to get to football podcast today. Sorry, guys. Um, But um, it is upsetting to see Chad Green go, but the tweet that I sent Scotty that broke Scotty, the, the news to Scotty, is a man pointing a gun and crying. And he's saying, me watching Aaron Judge hit a walk-off home run off Chad Green to send the Yankees to the ALCS next year. He's so sad. But, you know, it'll be what it is because, you know, apparently we're Vlad Jr.'s uh, favorite team to play. However, other than him, his team's really bad against us. So him, he is unfortunately very good against us. Three home runs against Garrett Cole. Yeah. I will never forget. I'm tearing up a little bit about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, to go back to it, Scotty, do you feel, obviously, like you said, we're two weeks from P's and C's. Do you feel like the Yankees had an effective enough off season to push us past the Astros? Cause let's be real. That's the threat here. Yeah. And I feel like we pushed past them the starting rotation wise. Cause like they lost Verlander, who was still clearly pretty damn close to prime Verlander last year and most likely will be if anything recess a little bit this year but now he's not even on the team and I I mean they they have easily the best bullpen in the league and I think we were able to compete but I still I still don't know if we have enough numbers I think you know we can look at the addition of heel into the bullpen later in the year but I think we're still we're not looking at something that is locked in. Like they can you can go and look at the Houston Astros bullpen and say if Ryan Presley gets in the game, that game is most likely over. over. You can go and look at anybody on our team and be like, "Oh, we're going to put Lewisica in." Well, I mean like besides like the two weeks of the year, he's pretty damn good. Oh, Clay Holmes, uh, I mean he has like a month or two here or there. Wandy, he works. Icon. <laughs> he hey works. Now. But like we but don't even, have we don't have a staple guy right now. I feel in the bullpen just outside of our pitching rotation because I agree. I think our starting rotation lines up against them pretty well, and I think that our bullpen can handle them enough. We did not build our offense, and no? if you look back at the postseason last year, we struggled to score runs. That's why we barely inched past Cleveland because they're not a high scoring team. We should have blown Cleveland out of the water. And we didn't. And the whatever, 33, 32 strikeouts we had in the one game against the Astros. I don't think that's possible. 32 strikeouts in a game is not possible. Yeah, that would be interesting. (laughs) But like the insane amount of strikeouts that we had against the Astros in the ALCS. And we did not add an offensive threat at all. We re-signed Anthony Rizzo, which I'm obviously excited about the re-signings of Rizzo and Judge. That's not my problem. The problem is that we did not build and get another, right, you think, right, your big three. You sign, you re-sign, you don't expand. Exactly, right? So we have Judge, we have Rizzo, you have Stanton. In the playoffs, we have, we have, we have no new offense. We have the same yeah, exact offense. We, have the we, same... We, we re-signed. That was the best we did was we re-signed. Exactly. We lost Benintendi. I guess you could say we gained, we technically gained uh, Bader now for real. We actually That's have Bader fair. now. But – you're but looking at, then, and our only two signings that we did was Rodon and Canley. Yeah. Pitching and, and pitching. 
And yeah. obviously, I, in I use it in the same argument. The team is is around, right? You need to be strong in all senses. So yes, it's great that we strengthens our pitching, but again, the team is round. You need to strengthen both sides of your organization, which is why you know I know we made fun of the Cubs because of their wildly Caucasian offseason, but they're they're a bit more rounded. The Mets signing ridiculous amounts of people, but guess what? They're signing pitchers. They're signing defensive specialists. They're signing offense. It's just, it, it's weird that the Yankees seemed content with their offense last year when, yes, pre the month of August, right? We don't August, want to talk but, about the month of August. But, but even even at that point, is is did that not show you that we batted whatever 160 in the month of August, that something needs to shift there? Because we, right? I mean, not that he was a huge offensive contributor, but right. No more Matt Carpenter. So there's Matt Carpenter was either a strikeout or a run, right? That was all. That's what he was, but mm. that's one less run contributor. Okay. Ben Intendi. Like, ben Intendi. Major both sides. Huge drop to your offense. I know he was not a Yankee for long because of the broken wrist, but the potential that Andrew Benintendi had as a Yankee, had as a leadoff hitter, had as a lefty in Yankee Stadium is insane. So, like, what, now you go back to DJ LeMahieu being your leadoff hitter, which is fine. Hopefully we'll have a healthy DJ all year. But it's just there, – there are clear I, – I think we have holes in our lineup. And I, not to always compare us to the Astros, but let's be fucking real – that's the only team that it matters that we compare to. I really don't see other than like what Martin Maldonado. They're their biggest spot what, in what, the is Astros it, is it Vasquez still? Did they change? I mean, they traded last year for Vasquez. I don't know if they kept him. I don't think so. I think he went somewhere else. Um, but like you're still, like, yeah, no, you're looking at 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 people who who's their first baseman now? They just got a new first baseman. No, they have the same the guy who's no. They, I thought they the just the they, they just picked up a Brayu. Oh yeah, they, like their their weakest point, I think, right now is either the catching position or Chaz McCormick in center. Who I who think who? <laughs> Chaz McCormick in center is a fantastic center fielder. So you can yeah. give up having like an okay to not as great offensive like performance. Not to continue way- ripping on the same guy. Actually, like, I won't rip on the same guy. You can have IKF who's garbage in the field and also garbage at the plate. Yeah, and and like same, it's a similar thing with with Maldonado. He was he was whatever like a a one eighty hitter, but you a can't fan, have a guy steal on him. A fantastic catcher, one of the best catchers. And I mean, we've talked about the catcher issue across all of Major League Baseball. Is that Reese? Not Reese Hoskins. What's his face with the Phillies is the only like true offensive JT. and defensive threat of a catcher. Um, and it's becoming Adley, JT and yeah, Adley. Yeah, yeah, JT and thing. Adley. Right. So if you're going to have a hole in your lineup, right, which if we're going to continue using the Astros, we'll use, we'll use Chaz, right? Not, not an offensive hitter that you think of when you think of the Astros, but you do realize that any ball hitting that outfield is going to probably be fucking caught between him and Tucker. And why can I not think of their left fielder right now? Well, I mean, it's a mix. It's either Brantley or Jordan. But then, okay. So you want to use Brit. Brantley Jordan, not as great defensively. Jordan is the last man I ever want to see standing at the fucking plate. Yeah. 
And even, but even it works, it works for, for Houston because you know what? You throw him in left field, you throw him to a shorter left field. There's less for him to run. And, and there's only, right, there's no pitching around their offense, right? Altuve's a threat. Pena's a threat. Bregman's a threat. Jordan's a threat. Ed, Kyle Tucker's a threat. Every single per okay, maybe they have one weak spot. Cool. Out of the nine people, that guy's going to get three at-bats. Oh, he's going to make three outs in the nine innings, four outs in the nine innings. The Yankees, you have, right, DJ LeMahieu, hard out. Aaron Judge, hard out, unless you throw it at his knees. Sorry. No need to roast my captain. Um, Glaber Torres, if he's on, he's on. But if he's off, he's off. John Carlos Stanton, sometimes I love him. Sometimes I don't love him. Right? And then where do we go after four? Do you go to Anthony Anthony Rizzo? A good at bat, but like, right? So we've got five now that I'm like, okay. Six. Bader, six. I'd say, is tough. Hmm? Bader, I'd say, is tough. Okay, so we've got six. That puts three members of your team. That's an inning of outs. Yeah. Through your entire lineup every time, right? Because yeah. you don't really have a competitive offensive shortstop. You don't really have a competitive offensive catcher. Sometimes. Sometimes, just, yeah, sometimes, sometimes he is, but, but more, he's more not consistent enough. Yeah. But but he also plays similarly to Maldonado, where very he's good a defensive fantastic player. defensive catcher. So I'm I would be fine if he's our offensive hole. Yeah. Right. The fact that we have an offensive hole at shortstop and in left third. field. And at third. And at third starts to get like you can't. It, it just makes it difficult to see success when you have an entire inning built into your lineup of outs. Yeah. Of most likely outs, obviously. Yeah. But like... I mean, we can't go over enough of the whole left situation of you have the shortest right field but won't ever play somebody who can go and hit that ball there. Cool. We'll work on Judge and Stan who can hit the ball to left field 650 feet. But why not make it easier and you don't need a massive guy that can go and hit the ball to right field? But we don't do that. We don't do I that just, that's that is has been and always will continue to be my biggest issue with the way that the Yankees build their team is that we do not collect enough. Let every time a lefty free agent comes on the market, the Yankees should be trying to get them because a fly ball by a lefty will be out of Yankee Stadium. Oh, yeah. Especially which is why the... getting Rizzo was so huge, right? So not only is Rizzo a, a fantastic first baseman, but he is a lefty who has power no matter what, but can be even more successful in a park that is designed to benefit him. I just... that If I could ask Brian Cashman one question, it would be that. Yeah. Why do you not collect? We've seen it. We've seen it. You see it plenty of times. Ball off the end of a bat of a righty can go and can go to the warning track the wall. Oh, lefty just needs to somewhat hit the ball and it will go out. I think I could hit the ball out of Yankee Stadium, and I simply because I'm a lefty. Yeah, I think that if I tried hard enough, I could get her out there. I baseballs travel farther than softballs. Mm -hmm. If I could use my bat and a baseball, shit's gone. So, sorry, I did not mean to take this on an entire rant of the Yankees offseason, but I've just recently been thinking, and we'll get into some 
just there's a just a few um signings over the last week that the Yankees are missing something still and mm-hmm. we've been very radio silent and it's frustrating because right if you're talking about oh we're going to bring up Volpe or we're going to bring up Peraza that's great but they're still not lefties and until they get adjusted to the major leagues like it took Adley a minute to adjust they're going to be a hole in the lineup the only yeah prospect that i can really like think of off the top of my head that didn't like take a, a minute to adjust is probably steven kwan and julio rodriguez yeah they are the exceptions to the rule yeah jeremy pena had a really rough jeremy pena was not a was not good in the regular season no he was very average to below average during the regular season he made the jump in the playoffs but he was not somebody who was fantastic i mean he yes he's an whatever addition. he did 136 at bats or whatever the hell without no, no swings recording. and misses whatever it was oh uh, yeah 136 pitches or something like that without swinging and missing or something like that that was absurd julio yeah similar thing but no everybody else was gonna take take a little time i mean we got lucky with what peraza did peraza what bad honestly yeah well yeah well as well but even that but like but like I'm saying, like Peraza was able to bat 300 in one month, and then Oswaldo but was able to do that had... from limited plate experience. Like he didn't, he wasn't in the game every day. Yeah, yeah, no, he wasn't. And, and, oh, like, he even he hit 300. He had 15 at bats. But even even Oswaldo, like offensively, Oswaldo did not come in swinging the fences. No, he came in defensively very well, but offensively he didn't. He, he needed, didn't start he productive to warm up. Yeah. So that's where, if we're going to, and as me and Scotty have both said, we're very pro bringing in one of our young prospect shortstops. That's just going to, I guess it doesn't add another hole saying that shortstop was already an offensive hole for the Yankees, but it doesn't solve that problem. It just boosts the defense of it. So you have to hope that they have wonderful, wonderful defense to cover up for that hole. Scotty said, finger up. I have something to say. What's up? I realized we didn't talk we talked a little bit about prospects, but not top 100 because we recorded the day top 100 came out. Okay, we'll switch topics right now. I, I'm okay. we're on a, a disgusting. Right no, now. I'm just like kind of thinking about that now, and I remember that we were gonna we did it early in the day before. Okay, okay. So Scotty says let's talk about top 100 prospects while we're kind of dipping our toe into that area anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, top 100 came out. We talked about last week top 10 in a few positions, uh, and how we only held Volpe. Uh, is the only one of our prospects to reach a top 10 in any position. Um, top 100 did come out. You have Volpe at, I'm sorry, number five, pretty sure. I'm blanking. Yeah. I made the graphic. Yeah, five. We had Jason Dominguez at 47, dropped down a hell of a lot. And then you had Oswald Peraza at 52. So that means no Cabrera. They're not not yeah I mean, yeah, yeah no, no Oswaldo is, which I think I think would be he might have I I meant to look this up between last week and this week and I didn't he doesn't count as a prospect anymore that's what I'm I have no clue think because he was in the Yankees top ten last year yeah at the end of at the end of 2021 so when I was leaving Somerset my last story that I wrote was about how Oswaldo jumped from being unranked to being in the Yankees top ten yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah, so again, might I don't, not be I don't a really know if if he did. I think he should reach top 100 because of what he did in the MLB. Um, former Yankee Ken Waldachuk is. I forget where he was, but he's top 30, I think. Um, which you know is sad to see. 
Um, but good for Ken. He's good for so Ken. Good. He did. He did very I good. I hate numbers. to break it to all of us. Ken is so good. If if you need the numbers, uh, go and look at her Instagram. I did a, a trade review between that and the Efros. So the Efros trade, which Wait, listen, Chuck, I'm I'm not against Scott Efros. No, I think I think it's it was a very fair trade. I yeah. think both teams got very good pitchers out of yeah, it. Yeah, I think it was a very even trade. Ken's just um, really good guys. But with the top 100, uh, we got a new number one, but it stays at the same goddamn team. Gunnar Henderson is your new number one overall prospect in all of baseball. Kid is good. Good. He showed it a little bit at the end of last year for call-ups. Kid has it. Yeah. That is a big threat of a young team. And to go along with that, number one is Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. There were seven more Orioles in the top 100, which includes Jackson Holiday, who was top 10. Drew Jones was top 10. Listen, you have, you know, Grayson Rodriguez in the top 100 for the Orioles. I think he was top 15. We've said it, Scotty. In the next six, seven years, if that. We're seeing an Orioles definitely playoff run, possible World Series. We're seeing a very, very good team out of the Orioles very soon. Go along with that, though. A few other teams had a lot of top 10 pro- or top 100 prospects. Uh, the Dodgers, who I we talk about all the that. time. I just simply don't believe prospects. that. Like, have, I think that's a lie. Yeah, they have seven prospects. Who is um, their, like, was Justin Turner their last homegrown talent? Cody Bellinger? I mean, I guess Cody Bellinger, like, that made it far. Yeah, that's because they have that, they have, uh, what, Trace Thompson. I think he's a... Homegrown? I think he is. Um, but I don't know. They, I mean, we talked about this the one week. Kershaw they homegrown? They don't have a shortstop. Kershaw was like from 1993. <laughs> he came from the Garden of Eden. <laughs> Kershaw uh, no, they... might have been drafted when the fucking Montreal Expos was still around. <laughs> Excuse me, Scotty. Um, they have that guy from the Marlins, is what my friend from LA continues to say. Every time Ross, I go, I go, hey, shortstop. where's your shortstop? He's They're like, mid, we got that guy from the Marlins. Shortstop. The like, we got that guy from the Marlins. We're fine. And I'm like, getting anybody from the Marlins that's not Sandy is not fine. Yeah. Um, but then along with that, even with them, is the Cleveland Guardians organization also with seven, which is surprising. And that is scary because we've spoken say, about it before. That's a young team already. No, that is a young. Well, no, it's surprising that they no, haven't called is, them up already because it feels like they already did. I know it's not his job but it feels very terry francona <laughs> did you see the story is... about his scooter being returned no what someone stole his scooter in cleveland and then like there was a whole like giant police hunt for it and they found it <laughs> anybody was worried tito has been reunited with his scooter <laughs> um but no like i'm surprised because we spoke about it during free agency during like, the heart of free agency they already don't have to worry about a free agent for the next three years, and they have potentially seven more players I coming still, up. Them picking up Josh Bell scares the fuck out of me. It's going to be a wild team. <laughs> Continue. Because we talked about it during the playoffs. The only piece that that team was missing was a little bit of regression, a, a little, little bit, bit of, power. of power. And then they're like, ha, ha, ha. We grabbed Josh Bell. Person who can swing from the left side. 
Disgusting. I'm not I'm not looking forward to Cleveland this year. Anyway, continue on. Sorry. Uh num- so the next one is six prospects with the Rangers. I'm a I haven't actually looked at who they are, but I'm assuming that that's gonna be lighter and rocker are included in there. Uh I doubt that they can't be included in there. Yeah. Um so that's even two there, and then I, I imagine with how how you know unskilled that team has been the last three four years um, that they got some good prospects there. And finally, another one that's a little bit surprising, but you'll see it is constant with all these different things. They're they're really good at, at dabbling and everything. St. Louis Cardinals have five prospects in the top one hundred. Does this team ever like have a time where they're like, hey, we're not going to be super good? They they are really good at dabbling in everything. They'll get the vets. They'll get the best players at the time. They'll get the young kids. It's ridiculous. It's not fair. And I would like a meeting. They're just very good at dabbling around in everything. Um, are we ready to move on to our around the league news? I am. Okay. So um the first one, just to add to the Mets' payroll, because there's no such thing as money. Um, National League batting champion is Project Passin. Jeff McNeil and the New York Mets are in agreement on a four-year, $50 million contract extension pending physical, obviously. Um, I believe it's been cleared. It includes a fifth-year club option that could take value to $63.75 million. I, I think, know. not to talk about this a lot, I think this is kind of a steal for McNeil. Oh, my God. Bars. <laughs> I just want to know the, the amount of fear that goes into every Mets fan. When they see a contract signed, it goes pending physical. <laughs> They're just like, oh, uh, oh, like, oh, uh, oh. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is, I think this is a good price for McNeil. Um, he had a ridiculous year last year offensively. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Even defensively, wasn't bad either. It was very yeah. Good. So I think that that's a really solid contract for him, and surprisingly okay. humble. Steve Cohen. He was like, let's yeah. let's consider budgeting. Come on, that's barely over 10 mil a year. Come on. <laughs> um the next one, guys, I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna say this name and it means nothing to neither Scotty or myself. So I'm just gonna say it and we're gonna move on. The Seattle Mariners extended utility man Dylan Moore for three years, 8.875 million. And that's all I have on that, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, no, and now I didn't. I you said it, but like before we started, and I was like, I don't really remember that name. And then you went Seattle Mariners, and I'm like, I watched a good amount of Seattle Mariners last year because they were doing so well, and, and it's just like I not, still don't know. <laughs> it's not clicking in my brain. Like it's it's a name that I feel like I've heard, but I can't tell you anything about it. Yeah. What sorry, else? Dylan. <laughs> so I'm so sorry, Dylan. I'm sure you're very good. Um, Scotty, what else do you have before we get? Uh, on we also the have final, Zach... final little argument at the end here. Well, Zach Granke is uh got agreed on a one year deal to stay with the Kansas City Royals. I would pay so much money to see him speak to her all the Chapman. No, <laughs> no, because what would happen? Not nice. I think it would be it'd be a very quick conversation. I don't think either of them would have much to say. That's right. Um, but what I do want to do, what I do want to say before we, you know, finish up with like the last like two things, um, MLB has been putting t- 
top lists. So we talked about Glaber last week being a top 10 second baseman. Top pitchers came out, and it's both a fan list and then MLB's list. This is the wildest. Like, they are completely different, and they're wild, and there are names on it, names off of it. it... Let's start off with the fans list. Oh, so the God. fans pick. Number one overall. Take a guess. Let's let's start taking a guess. Okay, Otani. No. It was Sandy. Sandy, number That's one. That's which fair. is very fair. DeGrom, number two, which I think is a little bold, but again, can't be too, can't complain about DeGrom being up there. Yeah, no. Uh, Verlander at three. Again, can't can't put a Cy Young below Listen, five. Listen, glad he's not five. one. I know Ben Verlander didn't make this list, but I'm glad he's not one. Um, Framer Valdez at four. Surprising, a and shocking is, name to hear from the fans list. Yeah, that that is a that is a I'm gonna say that is a surprisingly intelligent pick for a yeah. fan list. <laughs> um, Max Freed at five, uh, Shohei at six, Burns at seven, Alec Manoa at eight, Kevin Gossman at nine, which is wild for the year that he had last year. They're really yeah. expecting a lot from him. And then Spencer Strider at 10. Four through nine is fucking ridiculous. Four through nine went out of nowhere. Spencer Four Strider through... should be on that list. Garrett Cole, no, no, completely no. Rodon, not on that list. Good to be on that list. Like, there's. What's his face from. You're putting. You're putting I'm what's sorry, his you're putting face Kevin from San Diego? Gossman. The one who. Musgrove? Yeah. Could have been. Very much could have been on that list. Not yeah. a single dog. I'm sorry. You're putting. List? You're putting Gossman up there. I would put Cortez above Gossman. Not Tristan McKenzie. Not yeah. Shane McClanahan. Shane. I know this is the fans list. I understand that. But like, Alex Manoa should not be on that fucking list. Absolutely yeah. not. Did you see? Did you see the clip from MLB Network that's been going around? First of all, terrible analyst. Like the work that they did was terrible, and it was like, which of these young pitchers would you want between like Tristan McKenzie, Sh- uh, McClanahan, someone else, and Alec Manoa? And the one guy was like, I would pick Alec Manoa if he went to the gym. And I was like, I wouldn't even, that's a weird thing. Cause it was a weird group of pitchers. Yeah. Anyway. What is like McClanahan's like probably like 23. Like most, like McKenzie's like 22. Fucking Manoa's like 27, 27. Yeah. So it, was like weird, it was a weird, it was a weird list. Like he's relatively. Shane Bieber not on that list. Scherzer yeah. not on that list. Scherzer's on that list. That's a big one. Um, but MLB Network then later put their lineup out, their top okay. 10. Starts off Corbin Burns, which is bold to see that you're having Corbin Burns. That you know, I'm gonna go over this list and I'll say it now before I get to it. I'm I'm spoiling Sandy here. I'm spoiling where he is. One, two, two, two there, so there there are two there are two NL pitchers above yeah, Sandy. No. Yeah, no. That's absolutely um, false. So Corbin Burns at number one. False. Of course, I, I I don't think it's it's I think it's a bad number one, but he very much deserves top ten. Top on the five. list, he's a constant competitor for Cy Young. Very like a bit bold to put him at one. Yeah, but he is a very good pitcher. Justin Verlander at two. I think a little risk because again, you know, he did show a lot last year, but he still is old as fuck. I think Sandy might be the best pitcher in baseball right now. I think so. I think it because he's a, he's he's a type of pitcher that. Isn't around. He's a workhorse picture. Yeah. Workhorse. Uh number three, Carlos Rodon. I like to see it. I'll fucking I take mean, it. Then same thing. This is it was two straight years where he was in high competition for a Cy Young. 
So I think it's a very it's it's a solid place. Scherzer at four. Okay. I think Scherzer okay. at four isn't terrible. Fair. Except I, even, the only issue is that I, I still don't like to face Max Scherzer. Like that's yeah. no, I think Scherzer is good at four. The only issue is that there's Sandy at five. Yeah, no, that's that's Sandy that part's false. Five. That's absurd. That part is incorrect. Shohei at six. No. I think Shohei can very much drop down more. Like he's a very Shohei good pitcher, is going to be on this list no soon. matter fucking what, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, there Max... are ten better pitchers than Shohei Otani. I'm yeah. sorry. What yeah. he? Uh, we say this all the time. What he's doing is fantastic, and he's not bad at either one of them. I personally think he's offensively better than he is as a pitcher. Oh yeah, and he should not be a top ten pitcher. Yeah, because he number seven is Max Freed. Similar spot. Number eight, Zach Wheeler. Another good one on the, I think that's a very good on the list. Another person, one. again, competitive like almost every year for the NL Cy Young. Um, so I feel like he kind of gets looked past uh, way too much. Uh, Jacob DeGrom at nine, which I think that's an injury pull of, wow. hey, how good can he really be? Uh, and number 10, Julio Urias. Absurd. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that is absurd to not see like especially Did Garrett Cole have that bad of a year I don't know I don't know and, and, okay so Garrett Cole wasn't the best pitcher on the Yankees this year then I raise you Nestor yes I don't there's there's so many there are so many pitchers that I would put at 10 over Arias and it's I'm gonna I'm gonna list the same people I listed before Tristan McKenzie Shane McClanahan, uh, McClanahan and Bieber yeah all Coda went up there and Musgrove and Musgrove. Any Dodger. I think Framer could have been. Framer very much could have been a 10. You're looking at MLB networks. These any, are supposed to be the smart anybody, people. Anybody else from the Houston Astros rotation? Spencer Strider. Like you're supposed to be the, the, the smart people. You're supposed to be the people that know what they're doing. You're telling me that you won't even put Framer up there? You put you put for, uh, Julio? I think it over Burns as number one. I think Burns Burns is a hundred percent a top five. I think number one, like it's it's so difficult. I don't. I want to know the thought process of them going and saying this is reigning and this is this is the Cy Young winner we have here who did stuff that nobody's done in five years. Nah, nah, nah. Let's go somebody else. Pass. Who went? Who went and pitched against a World Series team? A very com- like a very competitive Mets team, a very competitive Braves team, in fucking division with a bad team, <laughs> and kept them in the game. I'm sorry, love Corbin Burns. What was Corbin Burns' competition? What what is there in the NL Central? There's barely there's there's the Cardinals. That's it. He had he had one foe and it was Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. But like that's that's not as bad. Like, that's... Ooh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are so scary. It I an interesting list to say the least. Um, yeah. do we want to cover our last topic? We are. Uh, I'll just throw in right now. Uh, it's not something we have to talk about much. Um, but Dexter Fowler has announced his retirement after fourteen seasons. Uh, most of them were spent with the Cubs. Um, a little bit with the Angels, Cubs, Cardinals, Rockies. He was with them with the World Series. So, Woo! congrats on retirement. Fourteen <laughs> years is a long time. Some people should start following. Um. Anyway, 
Uh, the final thing we're going to talk about this week, uh, we've talked about a few times in the past, and that is MLB The Show. So we've got good news and bad news about the show. One, the collector's edition will have Derek Jeter on it. Ooh. Sexy, fun, and fun. A weird time. Like, wh- how do they decide to be like Derek Jeter this year? Yeah. Um, Because, well, there's there's rules on, like, when they can do it. Like, you can't, once somebody retires... They can't be in the game until they're in the. They either like need to give up permission to be up in the, to be in the game, or once they make the Hall of Fame, then their rights belong with the Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Fame is in in, in cooperation with MLB the Show, and so anybody in the Hall of Fame can be in the show. Um, so they had to wait until Derek Jeter got into the Hall of Fame. Okay, um, so that's cool. That's fun. That's really great. The issue that Scotty and I have been having, we talked about it, I think we talked about it a little bit last week because there, yeah. there was the Because there was being revealed and tipped really damn. Um, and that is that Jazz Chisholm is the cover athlete. Scotty, you go first. Look, there is, I've spoke, we spoke about it before. And Jazz Chisholm is an amazing player for the sport. He is an amazing image for the sport, what he's doing. You know, his whole, the whole vibe he brings uh, to the sport is amazing. But last year, he played 60 games. This man has a career war of 4.9 right now over three years. This man had a 2.2 war last year. He had a lower war than Glaber Torres. Hey, now. I'm just putting in perspective. Put Glaber, put Glaber on the cover. Um, It just... It it just is a little early for Jazz. The idea, the vibe, very appropriate. Perfect for him. I like, you know, it's it's that high energy, you know, Bahamas lifestyle type of thing that like, you know, his his whole brand. And that's amazing. That was gonna come around, but it was just he's hasn't shown it on the field. You know, if you go and you see an MLB the show cover, you look and you're like, I wanna play with that guy. I wanna play as that guy on this game because he is going to be fucking cracked. Bryce Harper, when he was on it, you're like, that guy's fucking cracked. Javi Baez, that was his best years. You're like, that guy's fucking cracked. Jazz Chisholm, you're like, oh yeah, he's, he's fun. But Do like, you there's think a ch- that West Coast baseball fans are going to know who he is? I think so. I think they, they promote him. They promote him enough with the Miami lifestyle that they'll know a little bit about him. He's had enough drama around him because um, he did the Euro step the one time on the uh, Diamondbacks pitcher. Um, but it's just, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's a chance that he's not even a diamond this year. That That's what I saw. They were like, is this guy even going to be a diamond level player next year? He's being shifted to center field. So is he going to be a center? He's going to be a second baseman in the game, but next season you're going to see him playing center field because of their picking so up. They'll, 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 so it depends because they normally, they'll, they normally shift to what it is. So he'll probably get shifted to center field, but he'll have. His probably his cover his cover art card will be a second baseman because that's, yeah. that's what they're gonna have programmed for him. And I agree with Scotty. Jazz for baseball and jazz for marketing is perfect. Just wait for a year that he plays a hundred games, 115 games. Give it to him next year. There were just so many other like off the top of my head, right? Obviously you think Aaron Judge, but he covered it in 2018, I believe, when he yeah. won whatever. Okay, yeah, so you don't want to repeat breaking rookie records. You stuff. don't want to repeat Aaron Judge. 
Again, okay, you don't want to repeat Bryce Harper, but he would have also been a fantastic option. Um, I think Bryce Harper would have been, he would have kind of run into a similar issue, though, with Jazz. He didn't play the whole year. That's fair. Julio Rodriguez. I raise again my argument from last week. Albert Pujols. Okay, too old. Stephen Kwan. You could have put a lot of, you could have put a lot of players. Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt. Not, pick, again, not to continue talking about the Astros. Pick literally anybody from the Astros. Jordan. Jordan. I saw somebody make one. I saw somebody make one with um the picture of Reese Hoskins. Slip. Oh, I keep on. Is it Reese or is it JT Real Muto? I keep on mixing the two. Real Muto's the catcher. Yeah, but he hit the home run. He like slammed the bat. Oh, I don't remember. I think that was Reese. I think that was Reese. I think it was Reese. Yeah. Right. And it's just Manny Machado. There's there were just. So many other options. Justin Verlander? Like, there were just so many other options of of better choices, of people who played a lot of the year who could have done a similar thing. I'm not saying that Jazz Chisholm was a bad pick for this year. He is not a bad person to put on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. He has the brand. He has the energy. That's great. But there were people, there were a lot of really huge standout years this year. And I think that my two biggest ones are Julio or Albert Pujols. Yeah. Because I think I, you I knew think... halfway through the year that Julio was a star, obviously winning the home run derby, just like the way that he was performing. You And he was known across the league. I'm genuinely concerned about how many people, right? Passionate, Scotty, we know jazz because one, we're on the East Coast and we keep track of the things that happen. A casual Colorado Rockies fan might not know who Jazz Chisholm is. Yeah. So that's give him a year. That's all. Yeah. No, I think exactly that. He needs a little bit more time. And their whole thing that they like to do is they like to just to storyline it a little bit. You know, you went and when Tatis was on the cover, you know, it's just, it's a whole storyline of him coming as this, this young guy and being flashy and everything like that. Shohei, his entire grind set of being the two-way player of the future and all this. And now Jazz, his whole growing up in Bahamas. But if you go and you have Albert Pujols, who came in here as whatever, a 20-year-old, and then hitting 700 home runs, that's story a storyline right there. And, and Julio, Julio bringing together Seattle, putting them pushing doing a, a playoff spot like really creating the seattle mariners to be a competitive team again the fucking houston astros as a fucking hole just put, the whole, just, the, just put the whole team on the cover um the thing the reason that i personally also lean more towards albert than julio is that albert's story is finished right yeah so he can't do what tatis did and be a cover athlete and then fuck up right yeah. Pujols cannot do that to you anymore. There's no, his legacies ended and began whatever. Like it, the story of him playing is closed. He can no longer break major league baseball rules. Not to say that jazz is going to do this, but steroids in professional baseball, domestic abuse in professional sports in general, just the, I understand. I understand in one hand, putting young talent on the cover because that will excite people, right? Putting a Julio, putting Tatis when he was on, putting Shohei, putting Jazz. I get that because it attracts the young people. However, it does get sticky 
if suddenly this year something happens with Jazz, you know, there yeah. is the, the, the cover curse that happens. A little bit. So, and I just, you're, we're never going to see an Albert Pujols again. And yeah. Albert was known, like, baseball stopped to watch him hit 700. 700. It's like, not just something. It's not just, it. he is not just a Hall of Fame player. He is he is a Hall of Fame player, but he did something that doesn't happen. The Giants and the Dodgers, like the Giants, stopped play to watch it. Dave Roberts, it was hit against him. He cheered for him to hit seven hundred. Yeah, that is. We are probably not going to experience that again, right? Yeah. John Carlos Stanton might hit five hundred. Aaron Judge might hit five hundred. Seven hundred is ridiculous, and just like not even like logically possible at this point anymore of like bringing a kid up when he's 18 19 whatever fucking age he was and him playing until he's 42 43 44 right that that length of time does not exist anymore if detroit has had changed their stadium earlier we might have seen miguel cabrera do it but they didn't right the likelihood that this happens again is so slim and for major league baseball to not capitalize on that and I mean the show, it's obviously not just Major League Baseball, but the show, to not capitalize on that, I personally think is really, really dumb. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so again, we're not saying bad jazz. Bad year for jazz. Yes. I think, I think it, yeah, exactly that. It was just a bad year. I think jazz very much will have the, again, we spoke, as we said, his personality, his brand, everything like that perfect for the game he just maybe next time. year maybe the year after he's it just was time. a rough year on the well, field he wasn't even an all-star right because he didn't play enough he was an all-star he played the first half so he was an all-star and then i think he got hurt before that before the all-star game and didn't play uh in the game or anything like that but yeah no it, it's exactly that it is he didn't have the on-field presence he had the off-field present but he didn't have the on-field presence to i feel earn that spot Exactly. Okay, my computer's gonna die. We had a few passionate conversations today, and I didn't mean for it to get this heated. We st- before we started, I was like, Scotty, I don't have a lot to say. Always, we always find something. Here we are. Here we are. Um, but if you'd like to see if the Yankees decide to make any more moves, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at pinstripe.podcast. You can also follow us on whatever you listen to this show on and rate us. And we will be right back here next Friday for Scotty. I'm Lexi, and this has been The Pinstripe Podcast. Bye!